DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for our listeners. Listen to this. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. DraftKings is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know that you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a single medal. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and as always, I am joined by Nicholas J. Horwat in what is to be one of the two big weeks of the NHL offseason. This week, we have the NHL expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken, as well as the NHL entry draft at the end of the week. And then, of course, next week kicks off free agency in what is promised to be a very interesting, to say the least, free agency period, especially for the Pittsburgh Penguins, seeing what they've done in the past week, which is what we're going to be breaking down today. Of course, in the past week, we had a signing of a player. We had a trade of an NHL player, and we had the protected list finally revealed on Saturday afternoon. So we will get into it in this episode, as well as our Pens poll, of course, because it is a Monday episode. But Horop, before we get into all of that, one word to describe this week in Penguins hockey. Oh, I need a couple words, but if I just had to narrow it down to one, it would just be hectic. Uh, a second one would be interesting, and a third would be wild. Um, and that's that's just me shortening down the whole quote of what the hell is going on here, which is what I was going to say. But you had one word, and I had to still <laughs> do three, because really, what the hell is going on here? It's all been interesting. It's all been very entertaining. It's all been very... Um, new management-esque and it's it's going to be something to continue watching going forward it's we knew this was going to be the biggest news week of the offseason probably I don't think anybody expected some of the things that happened yeah and that's why my one word to to kind of look at last week was unpredictable because nobody knew that that signing was coming that we'll talk about. Nobody definitely knew that that trade was coming that we will talk about. And then the protected list, we had our protected list that we expected go out. Rob Rossi put out one that was a little bit more educated Mm -hmm. of a guess than ours was, and his was still wrong. And it just all mixed together in this crazy news cycle for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, of course, crazy reactions on Twitter, crazy reactions on Facebook, crazy reactions, as you would expect, 
from basically all 30 NHL franchises that are going to be dealing with the expansion draft, kind of ignoring the Vegas Golden Knights, but they had a pretty busy week as well. But let's break all this down. And, and first and foremost, there was some front office news. There were some hirings that we're not going to get into right now, but there was one retirement announcement that I did want to bring up personally, and that is the retirement of Tom McMillan from his position as vice president of communications for the Pittsburgh Penguins. McMillan has been a fixture in the Penguins front office for a long time now, and more of a personal kind of connection for me and you is he's also very connected with Point Park University. He does a lot for Point Park University. He's one of the main reasons that both of us got to attend the Doc Emmerich seminar. I believe you also went to that as well. I can never remember if you did. I don't remember who somebody went to that with me, but he's the reason that I was able to attend a Doc Emmerich seminar because he brought him to Point Park. He is a guy that is very caring about the people around him and he'll do anything for you from my limited experience with him. So congratulations to him on a great career. And I did want to just mention that before we dive into all the crazy news that happened following this announcement. Yeah, it, I mean, I don't, I never really interacted with him at Point Park. I know I did uh, two or three times for sure. Um, I also always forgot what he did there, but I knew it was something mm-hmm. big because I used to always see him around at least. Um, but yeah, for a guy that's had a career as long as he has and has been involved as he has, um, yeah incredible stuff on him did you read the story uh that was put up with his like announcement retirement announcement uh i was not able to know i believe if i double check i believe it was written by uh michelle crackiolo but and i didn't read the whole thing either i was hoping you did i read the beginning of it so it seemed like incredible stuff so clearly we have not done our homework on this but again understand it's been a busy week here okay it's yeah it, it has been a busy week this was just for the podcast it's been a busy personal week yes, for both this, of us as well this so retirement we're excited to this talk this retirement here. was just and not to be very punny here just the tip of the iceberg so oh jesus you know let's, what let's uh, get no. into it we, shall we listen i i am the master of of dad jokes myself but that is a bit too far just just a bit too far for me but let's get into All of the other news that happened this week for the Pittsburgh Penguins. The first thing that happened was on Wednesday. I mean, the first big major thing that happened was Wednesday. The announcement that Teddy Bluger had signed a contract extension two years for $2.2 million average annual value. It kind of foreshadowed the fact that he was going to be protected in the expansion draft, which we'll get to in a little bit. But Horwat, with the signing of Teddy Bluger, technically the third move in the Ron Hextall regime what were your thoughts when you saw that come across the wire? It's exactly what uh, I probably would have penned out for him. Two years at least, maybe a third, because he's just that valuable. Uh, but that cap hit, perfect. I mean, he's a guy that, let's be honest, he's lived on the fourth line his whole career, so he's not going to you know, be a 4 or $5 million guy. I mean, yeah, Brandon Tannen makes 3-5, but we don't talk about his contract, honestly. Let's, we kind of leave that one be. But Teddy Bluger, 2.2. That's pretty perfect for a guy like him. Like I said, he's, you know, he lives on the fourth line, yeah, but that's kind of where he excels the most so far. Uh, And he's a guy that if um, he projects correctly and projects forward, he can jump to a third and still have that same role. And the important thing for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it's going to be a theme that we're probably going to have to come back to the next month when we're talking about the beginning of the season is – Evgeny Malkin's injury and Evgeny Malkin's recovery 
from knee surgery. So Teddy Bluger might have to be that third-line center like he was at points last year. And for him to be able to play at a $2.2 million clip, we knew he was going to get a raise. We, we knew that was inevitable. The fact that it was only for $2.2 million and at a, a nominal two years on the deal as well is pretty good. I, I pulled up here, if you're watching the video of this, Jay Fresh Hockey, which if you if you haven't already, go check his stuff out. But we I pulled up Teddy Bluger's player card from Jay Fresh. And if you look at it, it's a lot of the things that you would expect from what you hear about Teddy Bluger. I mean, his wins above replacement, he's in the 60th percentile, which for a fourth liner is really good. And he does all the right things. He's a pretty good face-off guy. He is the Penguins' best penalty killer. So bringing that back is also huge. And as you mentioned, that center position, with the fact that Malkin might be out, he's going to be bumped up to second, or sorry, not second, but third line center. And it's nice to be able to have a guy like that for $2.2 million, And it didn't completely break the bank of the Penguins' kind of nominal cap space before the signing. And it leaves them a little bit of room to maneuver. But I would say, and we both did, I believe, say at the beginning of the offseason that signing Teddy Bluger was probably the most important free agent signing for the Pittsburgh Penguins to make as far as the guys that they had on their team last year. So the fact that Hextall was able to get this done prior to the expansion draft and for a good number, it's a tip of the cap to him because he did a really good job on this contract. Yeah, I think whether or not he had that contract signed, he's he's a guy you – I've been saying this forever. He was a guy you were going to protect anyway, I think mm -hmm. at least because – while I've done the, I mean, and we'll get into it, I've done the um, team selection for Seattle about three times now, and I've noticed each time you really don't want to sign upcoming UFAs uh, because with the, like, I think Ovechkin was a prime example of it. He's not protected. Well, he's a UFA. You can take him. He's not signing there. He's the end of the road there. He's not going to actually sign with Seattle. He, he's an unrestricted free agent, can go anywhere. As appealing and as funny and as hysterical as it would be for uh, Ron Francis and the Kraken to just go, we're taking Ovechkin just for the fun of it. Uh, he's not going there. Um, so that's why you figure the RFA is a little bit more um, appealing in that situation, where, which is what Bluger was. So this is a deal that you would have to protect either way, I thought. So it's good that you just put a number on him and then slap the protection on him because it's what he deserved. The money is perfect, and hey, two more years of him, am I right? Two more years of Teddy Bluger. There's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, last year we saw a little bit more of the offense coming from Teddy Bluger. When the contract was signed, we posted, especially on Instagram, at Iceberg Podcast, a couple of his goal highlights from last year, realizing that three of them were shorthanded goals, including a beautiful three-on-five goal that he scored against none other than the Washington Capitals. So it was a really good list of highlights and for a guy that doesn't put too too many highlights on the board it was pretty impressive I liked his goal against the Rangers last year where he cut in front on of course the penalty kill again and you saw on that player card that we just had up he's in the 99th percentile as far as penalty killing and for the Pittsburgh Penguins a team that hasn't had the greatest penalty kill unit he's a guy that as we mentioned was the leader so definitely a great signing we're both ecstatic to have Teddy Bluger back we both agree with the fact that he was protected in the expansion draft. And with that, I think it's time to move on to the next move, which we might not both agree with totally, but I think we can both agree that we see why it happened. And that is Jared McCann being traded 
to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for, oh, look who it is, Philip Hollander coming back to the Penguins organization and a 2023 seventh round draft pick. Obviously, this move was made, presumably, to avoid him being taken for nothing in the expansion draft because it seemed as if the Penguins were not going to protect Jared McCann, even if he was still on the roster. McCann is now exposed on Toronto's roster, so he could still go to Seattle, but the Penguins were not going to lose him for nothing. Horat, what are your thoughts on this trade overall? Let's do this first. Take out the Seattle Kraken draft implications. What does this trade look like to you? Uh, this trade looks like um, a situation where we will discuss it. Uh, we will discuss exactly what I'm about to say in a couple weeks for sure on here and something we probably bring up for the rest of the summer. But Rob Rossi gave an interview with the fan. I heard it because I was working when it happened. And Rob Rossi alluded to the fact that Jim Rutherford left this team in such a mess cap-wise that uh, there might have to be a bad trade or two. And by bad trade, he meant um, a big name with no return or a fan favorite for little return. Uh, that it it just has to happen because uh, Rutherford left his team in shambles cap-wise, and there's going to have to be a casualty of it, if not multiple casualties of it. And he listed McCann as, like, the first name. So... With that being said, it wasn't a shock to me after hearing that because if you really do look at uh, the Penguin situation, a casualty was needed to be made. And the fact that it was McCann first down with no return, really. I mean, a seventh, though. We have enough of those. I get it's like two years down the line, <laughs> but still. Um, and Philip Hollander, who we... Boy, oh boy, is the, trades, is the trading situation between Toronto and Pittsburgh just so much fun. <laughs> um, but with how depleted our prospect pool is, he's already a top five prospect. And that's, yeah, it, that can either be sad or really good. I am going to try and look at it in a good light and say, Hey, we got another top five prospect. Go us. Uh, we needed one, but for what it's worth, I'm not going to say it was a necessary trade because it totally wasn't necessary. I think we could have gotten away with keeping him around and protecting him, And then, but then dealing with the Rutherford cap situation down the road, you don't want to kick the can down the road, especially a new regime. They don't want to do that. So it makes sense that it happened now, and it wasn't necessary, but something you kind of saw coming. And, hey, you know what? We gained some cap space. We got a top five prospect, for better or worse. And another pick that might be a diamond in the rough one day. Who knows? It just sucks. We didn't want to see it, but, hey, you know what? It's a business. It is a business, and it reared its ugly head on Saturday. And if you look at it, Saturday, July 17th of 2021 is the day that plenty of teams decided that they're not going to help the Kraken the way they helped the Vegas Golden Knights, which is why we saw a bunch, at least six or seven of these trades happen. We saw, for example, Nolan Patrick go to Vegas after a short stop in Nashville. We had Philip Myers go to Nashville. We had Ryan Ellis from Nashville to, to Philly. That's all in one little mm -hmm. three-team trade. There was, I believe, Howden from the Rangers also went there. Barkley Goudreau went from Tampa to the Rangers after just winning a cup with Tampa. So there were a lot of cap implication trades made. We talked about it when we talked about the Arvidsson deal two weeks ago. We thought we were going to see a lot more of that. And it all waited till the last minute. But we saw 
a hell of a lot more of that on Saturday. And Jared McCann was one of those casualties of that trade market. Now, when you look at McCann, the fact that the Penguins traded him and his era as a Pittsburgh Penguin is over, that officially closes the book on the Red Bull brothers, Jared McCann and Nick Bukestad. If anybody remembers their first game back, they were traded in the morning, they flew there, got to the game during the National Anthem, and were chugging Red Bulls on the way out to the, to the bench. It was in a Penn's Inside Scoop or whatever it was. But that was the first we saw of Bukestad and McCann, and we thought, man, we got two really good players. And Bukestad, of course, injury issues. We traded him last offseason. And now McCann, because of cap issues, we trade him this offseason. But if you look at Jared McCann's tenure as a Pittsburgh Penguin, the one thing you're going to think about is inconsistencies. This past season, he fixed a lot of them. He was much more consistent this past season than he was the season prior. Of course, everybody remembers the 22-game goalless drought, which is one of the biggest things that you think about when you think about Jared McCann. You also think about the fact that he didn't really produce in the offseason. Or not the offseason. Obviously, he didn't <laughs> produce in the offseason. But he didn't produce in the postseason for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And yes, that that's difficult to try to keep a guy around like that. But I'm not so sure that Ron Francis, Seattle Kraken's GM, didn't look at Ron Hextall and say, hey, just going to let you know, like they did with Arvidsson, if he's available, we're going to take him. And I think the Penguins, which we'll get to in, in a second, had a little bit more of a different idea of who they wanted to protect than Jared McCann. And that's why, obviously, you see him going for less than you would hope. The Penguins did save, I believe, like $2.8 million in their cap space by dumping him. They bring back Hollander, as you mentioned, a guy who's immediately going to be a top five prospect for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and a seventh rounder, which on its face, without Seattle expansion draft implications, obviously Toronto won the trade at base, but this is not a trade that the Penguins were looking to win. This is a trade that the Penguins were looking to get something back. And when you talk about a guy that's going to be a top five prospect in your organization and a future pick yeah it's a seventh round pick it's better than losing you want to talk now. winning the trade do that does, does toronto really win it if seattle takes him anyway no if seattle takes jared mccann then ron hextall looks like a genius but there's still going to be people regardless that are going to say well you should have just protected him anyway well, and not worried well, about and it. I, me but, being one of those people but again that's more that was just me you know playing the whole kicking the can down the road um style this it made sense that it happened it very much looks like starting soon um Hextall and Burke are going to try and clean house in some sort of way and bring in their sort of team and not so much what Rutherford has created and I really mm -hmm. do think this was just kind of the first casualty of it yeah because they want to do things with the team and that includes finding some sort of new goaltender they want to find some toughness somewhere and it's those are things that rutherford didn't supply them with so it's it's uh hextall and burke in there trying to do something about it trying to make their team build their winning team if you think about it jim rutherford didn't really supply hextall and burke with any, much of anything i mean you don't have draft picks you don't have much of a prospect pool you have no cap space to maneuver and the pieces that you're kind of gifted we're not brought in by Rutherford anyway. That's Crosby. That's Malkin. That's yeah, the that's, Tang. That's all. And, well, uh, that's all. That's, that's all Craig Ray Shiro era, era stuff still. Uh, Craig Patrick era stuff even. Yeah, exactly. So you look at, I mean, even Teddy Bluger's not 
a Jim Rutherford era pickup. He was 2012, yeah, so that's that's Ray Shiro yeah. era. So yeah, Jim Rutherford didn't give Hextall and Burke much of anything, and they're trying to make the best of it because the team that they saw last year was good, and the fact that they're making these moves right now is telling me that they think that most of the players coming back could be a cup contending team. They also think that they need to do something to make sure the Penguins don't get buried completely into the ground if it doesn't it's work be out. be a goaltender, too. Uh, most likely, I, I think there's a move for a goaltender on the horizon. I, I think signs are pointing to that. And as you mentioned, Rob Rossi has been on fire the past week on Twitter. He said, I'm not sure what it is, but you can tell there's a plan, which is nice because yeah. Jim Rutherford – I'm not sure there was much of a plan, and, and and with Hextall, it seems like there's a very calculated plan in the moves that he's making. So I know a lot of people want to just fire him into the sun after that move, but let's take a beat to see how everything works out. First and foremost, the expansion draft. And let's get into that right now because on Sunday early morning, the Penguins protected list came out, and it is as follows. Let me bring it up here for our video viewers real quick because they posted it on Twitter, and there it is on our video now. They protected Sidney Crosby, obviously, Evgeny Malkin, Jake Gensel, Brian Rust, Kasperi Kapanen, Jeff Carter, as I predicted, and Teddy Bluger. Those are the seven forwards the Penguins chose to protect. Defenseman-wise, they decided to protect Chris Letang, Brian Dumoulin, and Mike Matheson, as well as goaltending Tristan Jari is the goaltender that they decided to protect. So looking at this list, the official list after so many mock expansion drafts that we did, after so many listener expansion drafts, after so many Rob Rossi and Jesse Marshall and Jay Fresh Hockey and, and everybody else expansion draft mock list, this is the one the Penguins decide to go with. Horwat, what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are it's wrong, but uh, again, I was fighting for my my protected list before the McCann trade happened and then once that happened I gave up the fight I threw my hands up and said all right fine you've you've won I will say after seeing the amount of after seeing all of the um, pred predictions and projections uh, I'm definitely surprised by a couple of names which I will discuss because I'm just and the big one is Jari honestly it mm -hmm. shouldn't be I wanted to protect Jari from beginning to end except it literally took Saturday, if not maybe a little bit of Friday, to finally turn that. Because again, Rob Rossi gave a scathing interview on the fan that talked about how this team does not have faith in either goalie right now to be a number one. Okay. That with um, a Sean Gentile article about how the Penguins have many goaltending options this offseason and could it, and the team feels they have a range um, of guys they're able to acquire. I really thought maybe they are going to leave them exposed. So post McCann trade, I tweeted out one more little list. I don't even remember what it was, <laughs> um, but I'm sure I may be protected Tanev over Carter because again, I will die on the hill that we shouldn't be protecting Carter. Um, but I threw to Smith on there. I was thinking maybe this is the real deal and we're just kind of daring um Seattle to take him, but seeing some of the goaltenders that are left exposed, uh, which we should talk about at some point. Uh, yeah. Holy shit! Don't even worry about Jari or DeSmith. You're not taking either of them. Hell, we should we should have protected. <laughs> I can't remember his name now. Who's our? Yeah, we should have protected Legasse just for the hell of it. 
Um, but yeah, I'm shocked at the Jari thing just because of all I've been hearing recently. I am definitely more surprised at the Matheson though, at the Matheson protection though. Yeah, that surprised me a lot too, especially looking at the fact that we talked about eh, if it's between Matheson and Pedersen, we would imagine Pedersen's the easier to move, so you protect him. And then you look at the fact that when, as we mentioned a lot on this show, this is probably should be featuring Rob Rossi this episode at this point, but when he put out his kind of educated mm -hmm. guess at to what the expansion draft list was, Mark Friedman's name he was on He did correct there. that, though, and it was supposed to be CeCe, which was, which was Cody, even oh. weirder, honestly. I mean, Cody CeCe, if you want to protect the right UFA is a UFA negotiating with him but I don't know if the the penguins are going to be able to even sign CC so I don't know uh, but definitely didn't expect Matheson and I thought the way it was leaning towards the latter stages of the week I had the thought process that what Ron Hextall seemed like he was going to do especially after the signing of Teddy Bluger and the trade of Jared McCann my thought process was he's literally going to put all of the biggest cap hits and say that's what you have to choose from you have to take a big cap hit. Whether it be Tanev, Zucker, Matheson, Pedersen, or Jari, who I still expected to be exposed, it seemed like Hextall was going to say, listen, no matter what you do, you're creating cap space for us. So go ahead and take your pick. But after seeing Jari is protected over to Smith, after seeing Mike Matheson is protected over Pedersen, over Ruedel, over anybody... I'm not exactly sure where the defensive side of this goes. I talked about why I think Jeff Carter should be protected, and I will explain to you another reason in a second. But defense-wise, I was defense and goaltending-wise, I was very shocked whenever I saw this list. Yes, and so was I. I, I really was. Uh, the Latang and Dumoulin obviously don't surprise me, but it really just is the Matheson piece um, and yeah. the Jari protection. Uh, again, like I'm a little surprised at the Carter thing. I thought I put up a good argument, but I mean, again, I don't know the insides. I don't know the ins and outs. I, it, it's it just baffles me a little bit because again, Carter's a guy that could just up and retire if he didn't want to go anywhere else. Um, he is older, and like on the going into the last year of his contract, which is basically going to be the last year of his career. If you are the Seattle Kraken, aren't you trying to at least build a little bit for the future? Meanwhile, I can't say much. They're, I've predicted that they will, and they're probably going to take Mark Giordano, who, again, last year of a deal, old, but could be your first-year captain. Why not? Roll with it. Mm -hmm. um, but Jeff Carter, again, it, it would just seem like a dumb pick, but hey, you know what? Let's hear your reasoning for your last reason for protecting him because I'm open to it now that the list is official and there's a... T <laughs> You're open to it because yeah, it happened. And there is a... There is a <laughs> you have to live with it There's another anyway. piece I want to get into with a person who is not on this list. Yeah, that, no, that's not a problem at all. I mean, whenever we talked on our last episode and I said, listen, you, you got to protect Carter. Why would Ron Francis want Jeff Carter? Because, well, he's cheap at $2.6 million next year. He has one year left on his contract, so it's easily moved if he doesn't work out. He brings some name value. He brings some you know, grit and determination. He shoots the puck an awful lot, which is good for an expansion, uh, expansion team. And also, if you look at it, the guy is relatively good in the locker yeah. room for your team. He, he brings a Stanley Cup champion presence and a pedigree. So those were all the reasons I laid out in the last episode. And, and for this episode, now I'm thinking, oh, how big of an impact does Evgeny Malkin's injury have? 
and subsequent surgery. We know he's probably not going to be ready for training camp, but if he's not ready for the beginning of the regular season, you're going to need Jeff Carter to be your second line center. Because if you don't have Carter, if you say you exposed Carter and Seattle does indeed take him and Malkin is not ready for the beginning of the season. I love Teddy Bluger, but a second line center, that's, that's a hefty toll to put on a guy that has split one season between third and fourth. And other than that has been a fourth line center, his entire career, young career, I might add, but still his entire career. So you're going to need a guy like Jeff Carter. If you have any doubts about Evgeny Malkin missing any serious time at the beginning of the yeah, season, throwing the McCann deal with that. We don't have him to even maybe step in at center. It's yeah. The point, the signs were all pointing to, yeah, they're protect, they're protecting Carter. And again, I, do I agree with that at the end of the day? No, but it's going to have to make sense for me. And it probably will one day, whenever Seattle with the team I built, that's a balling team. There's so many open people. But one person in particular that the Penguins left open that if you look at Twitter, he might as he may as well already be Seattle's alternate captain. Um, people are freaking out that Brandon Tanev's gonna get taken. I again it's he's left open. I think so many people predicted he was gonna be left exposed like this, and yet we're still having this reaction. It was like when all of the people were predicting pens and six in the first round, but didn't want to lose two games to get there. <laughs> it's yeah. like you, none of you, none of you protect protected him in your predictions, and now he's not protected, and we're upset about it, one way or the other. I genuinely don't think Seattle's going to take him. I really don't. I think the reason that when Penguins fans saw Tanev's name on the unprotected list and kind of freaked out as I think the reality set in that they're probably not going to take Jason Zucker and his cat pit along with it. Probably not. So I think when everybody looked at it, they said, well, Brandon Tanev is the next best player. If you look at this unprotected list, you would think Brandon Tanev is the next biggest name on that list. And his contract isn't quite what Zucker's is. And he brings something different, but we'll get into who we think is going to be taken now that we know what the list is after the break. But if you look at some of the big names left unprotected for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Jason Zucker and Brandon Tanev, who we just mentioned, Zach Aston Reese is unprotected. Cody Cece, who is a UFA, is unprotected. Mark Friedman is unprotected. Marcus Pedersen and his $4 million cap hit is unprotected, and so is Casey DeSmith in net. Now, those are the big names, obviously. There's a lot more names uh, that are unprotected for the Pittsburgh Penguins, but those are the big ones. Or what? We'll get into it, but... I'm excited to see what happens on Wednesday. I'm excited to see what happens. To, excited to see who Seattle takes from us. Excited to see what Seattle's team looks like. And we will have a live episode on Wednesday during the expansion draft directly after the Penguins player is selected. So the second you see the Penguins player selected, about two minutes later, We'll be live on Facebook, on Twitter, and on our YouTube page. So definitely make sure you check that out. We'll be breaking down the pick. We'll be breaking down what that leaves for the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll be breaking down at that point what we've seen with the Seattle expansion draft. And from there on out, basically, it's just a live stream and live reactions of the expansion draft and analysis of what we'd already seen. So definitely tune in on Wednesday to hear all of that and to watch all of that. But we're going to take a quick break. 
when we return, we will have our weekly pens poll, which is about, surprise, surprise, the Seattle expansion draft. So we'll be right back after the break. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first round draft bust. We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN when you go to DraftKings Sportsbook or the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app for great opportunities and great deals. I'm wearing my DraftKings hat right now. And we have, obviously, the DraftKings logo in that corner. I'm not quite used to it, but we have our Pens poll. We're still talking Seattle Kraken expansion draft. Our poll last week was, who will the Seattle Kraken take from the Pittsburgh Penguins in the expansion draft next week? Jason Zucker won that poll with 56%. Second place came Teddy Bluger. Luckily, we don't have to worry about that. 22% said Teddy Bluger. That 22%, luckily, it is going to be incorrect. Uh, Zach Aston Reese got 15% of the vote and other got 7% of the vote. Uh, there were a couple Tanevs in there as well, but this poll came out about a week mm. ago. Horwat, who do you think the Kraken take from the Pittsburgh Penguins here? I'll even throw up the unprotected yeah, I, players, the entire full list of unprotected players. Who are the Kraken going to end up taking? So I've seen a ton of predictions say it's going to be Pedersen, which I think makes a ton of sense. Uh, he's a good young defenseman. Just yeah, his, yeah, it's an expensive contract, but uh, he's got term. He's young with upside. Who knows what could happen there? Maybe that contract looks turns out to look like a very good deal one day. Um, mm -hmm. People, like I said, people are already freaking out that Tanev is basically already on the flight to Seattle. Um, then there's the Zucker thing, which that'd be nice to lose that cap hit, especially with the down year he had. But genuinely, I think the pick for Seattle is going to be Zach Aston Reese because he's such an analytical darling that he's damn near impossible to replace for us. I think I've probably said that he's a replaceable player, but at the same time, I've looked into it a little further. Yeah, he's an RFA, but that's an easy RFA to sign. Nothing much there. Just young, the, your fourth-line defender. He's, he's a, he was an early prediction. He was an early, early prediction for Seattle uh, way back before all of the drama ensued the last few weeks and seeing it all kind of flesh out you realize at one million dollars currently maybe one five on a new deal maybe two if he's lucky um that's a good deal for them and it is a hell of a lot cheaper than jason zucker or marcus patterson and i played a lot of uh the picks that seattle will take by way of not helping other teams out the Penguins are in a salary cap situation. There's no reason why uh, Seattle should just say, hey, we will take your $5.5 million contract for free to help you get out of cap hell. That's kind of why I also think they're going to straight up take Jared McCann from Toronto because they're in cap hell. They didn't have that player before, so nothing really changes for them. They're still screwed. I don't want to see Seattle helping too many teams out and because they, they can still mm -hmm. build a very good team and not give handouts along the way. We saw Vegas kind of bail a couple teams out, and then we also saw it backfire on those couple teams. Alex Tuck comes to mind. Jonathan Marcheseau comes to mind. So 
there's definitely a line there that if you can help them out but still take advantage of it, that's probably going to be something Seattle's going to do. But when it comes to the Pittsburgh Penguins, I also agree that it's going to be Zach Aston Reese. I would like to believe that we would get a lot more space if Jason Zucker was taken or if Marcus Pedersen was taken. But realistically, I think the smart pick for Seattle would be Zach Aston Reese. I might be completely off base. And you mentioned that he's an analytical darling. He, mm-hmm. he really is. And the fact is, Seattle has mentioned that they're going to have a focus on the analytical side of decision-making. And if they're doing that, there's no way that Zach Aston Reese isn't one of the top players on their radar. I mean, you look at the list that we have up right now. Nobody else on that list really strikes the boxes analytically like Zach Aston Reese does. And if you look at the way that they can get him on a cheap deal, there's no way he's going to sign for as much as Teddy Bluger signed for and Bluger signed for 2.2. So you're getting him for less than $2 million. I, I think that is probably the layup but I could be completely wrong because I've, I've been completely wrong about some stuff when it comes to Seattle. So who knows what they're thinking? There's 29 other picks to be made. They might make a pick that, you know, it, it might cover the bases that Zach Aston Reese would. They might want to cover the bases with Zach Aston Reese. And as far as replacing him, you're right. It's hard to replace Zach Aston Reese exactly in what he does. Is it hard to replace a fourth line left wing? No. Is it hard to replace a fourth line left wing that does what Zach Aston Reese does for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's, it's a, it's a lot harder when you look at it in terms like that. So I do think Aston Reese is probably going to be the guy taken by Seattle. If I'm wrong, then it's probably going to be somebody that is a higher cap hit, which would make less sense to me, but you know, you cross your fingers and hope for the sake of Ron Hextall, that they help him out a little bit. But if you look at the fact that reports were coming out that, in order to take a certain player, it's a first and a either two firsts or a first and a third. And the Penguins, one, don't have it. Two, it doesn't seem like Ron Hextall is in any position to be wanting to nope. trade that nope. away. Yeah, we don't have it. So, And if you were going to do it, you're trading that to offload Mike Matheson yeah, if you're doing exactly. it at all. But you decided to protect him. So, yeah, so it's figure that one out. Yeah, that's watching Matheson these next few years because it's going to be years. Um, Multiple. Yeah, it's half decade <laughs> man just you know what just buckle in maybe maybe something happened he was yeah, good he last was year good last year i mean granted all season <laughs> we had the discussions of he's good one night and then he's awful the other he's good one shift and then he's awful the other halfway through a shift he's having uh changes like that so it's a roller coaster but you know what screw it let's let's enjoy him let's look at him as a good off ice person maybe we, maybe he's just a genuinely good human being and we can at least get behind that right because jack johnson was a genuinely good human being yeah but he was so bad on the ice that it was kind of hard to forgive it yeah, see that's what we're trying not to do here <laughs> that's where also jack johnson left exposed <laughs> uh, surprise surprise there I know. from the new york rangers but no when it comes to looking at mike matheson he was okay last year. He had some really good moments. He had some really bad moments. But at the end of the day, he's a good NHL defenseman. And if we could just ignore cap friendly, which is the hardest thing in the world to do for people, especially us, if we could just ignore cap friendly, probably be happier. But we can't ignore it, and that's why Mike Matheson's contract is always graded along with his performances every single time. But with that, we also did have a secondary poll. And it was, would you send Seattle the Penguins 2022 first round pick to offload Mike Matheson's contract 
68% of our followers said, no, I'm not trading a first round pick. I don't want to trade any more first round picks. And 32% said yes, because that contract is an Alcatraz. And, and to be fair, it is an Alcatraz. To also be fair, I don't want to trade any first round picks either. Yeah, it's kind of the worst of both worlds here. Um, we're out of picks to trade away, and his contract sucks. For what it's worth, yeah, I just don't want to lose any more first-round picks either. That's my way of looking at it, but also the fact that he can be an upside at times. We have that going for We have a solid second power play unit defenseman, right? Yeah, he's a really good puck-moving defenseman, yeah, like, too. There is upside. It We just got to find it, and... You know, luckily we found it a pretty good amount last season. It just needs to stick. He needs to be worth the five million dollars that we're paying him. the The length of the of the contract is a whole nother dispute. The modified no trade clause is a whole nother conversation. It's not fun, but it's what we're it's what we're stuck with here, and it's something that we can live with. I cannot live with losing yet another first round pick, my guy. I get we got the cap and it back. Cool. But we got Hollander. He was a second round pick in 2018. Cool, but I, <laughs> I'd like to have some more. I mean, mm-hmm. it's important. It's it's important to have picks, but it's even more important to have the good ones. Especially whenever, like I said, this upcoming draft, I'm kind of we're taking with a grain of salt for a little while because there could be diamonds in the rough, very deep because no one's been able to scout properly. Uh, so maybe the Penguins strike gold with a one of not not one of their sevens, but maybe that third or second, whichever one the hell we have. Maybe something happens good there, but years after when when uh, scouting is back to normal, those are the years you want to have the picks for. You don't want to try and get lucky. Uh, as much as it can happen, and players can surprise you, it's not ideal. You want to at least try and know what you're getting. So that's going to do it for this episode. We have broken down all of the major news of this past week. We have a couple really huge weeks coming up. Like we said, Seattle expansion draft on Wednesday. We have NHL entry draft starting on Friday. We have free agency coming next Wednesday. But hold up, before we go, I did want to ask you one other thing. The Seattle expansion draft is going to be the first televised event of the new ESPN era. What are you looking for as far as their coverage of this uh, event? That it works on... It's already on ESPN, That it too, works on my so. ESPN Plus, because I was not able to watch the All-Star nah. game or the Home Run Derby. Uh, well, actually, I couldn't see the All-Star game because I wasn't home, but still, I couldn't watch the replay of it. Oh, that's because it was on... The it, Fox. Yeah. Still, <laughs> uh, I could not watch it. <laughs> I cannot watch the home run derby like I really, really wanted to. Um, yeah, hopefully I'm just able to watch it. Um, if not, I will just need you to tell me all of the things that happen whenever we are live streaming. And <laughs> yeah, that's most of what I'm expecting from ESPN. Other than that, just yeah, damn it, have some fun with it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm excited to see what analysts they have covering the event. I'm excited to see the way that they present it. And I'm excited because it, it is the first of seven years. We're going to have ESPN for seven years. So there's nothing like a first impression. And this is going to be ESPN's first impression since striking. Do the we new know game. the details of the draft itself? 
Like, is it going to be in person? Is it, Are there going to be a couple of players? Though they have a lot of stuff. Seattle has a lot of stuff planned. They have multiple locations around the city planned to, to in, include. So I'm not sure what it's going to look like, but it's definitely going to be a performance of some sort. It, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. That'll be fun. And I, I hope there's some sort of order set, honestly. So, A, we can plan out a live mm-hmm. show, and so... Um, there's still a little bit of knowledge. I mean, if I remember back to the Vegas one, it seemed very random. I mean, Flurry seemed to be their biggest pick, but yet wasn't their last pick. And mm-hmm. there was, I believe Calvin Pickard was the first pick. Yeah, because I texted this to you. Calvin Pickard was their first pick, and then it ended with Nate Schmidt. But Flurry was taken one before that. I don't know. Things were very weird last time because they were also doing the awards that night. I mm-hmm. remember that now. Do you remember where yeah. you were when Flurry got taken? Since we're on the discussion, and then we can get going. I, I I don't remember where I was. Honestly, I don't remember where I was during that expansion draft. I know I didn't watch it. I know I didn't watch it because I was in Newcastle playing softball with our buddy Nick Ballard. Is that where I was too? I that year. I believe I'm. I'm. I would imagine. I wasn't driving you though, because I remember getting the notification oh. driving home by myself. Oh. Well, I don't know. So who knows? I have no idea where I was. I'll have to try to figure that out. But for right now, that's going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. Like I said, tune in on Wednesday to hear us discuss who is taken from the Pittsburgh Penguins by the Seattle Kraken. We'll be talking about that. We'll be announcing our winners of the Pittsburgh Clothing Company t-shirt giveaway. So we have two t-shirts that we're going to give away to two lucky individuals. Make sure you get in on that. You have a couple days left. But for right now, we say goodbye. That's going to be it. Have a good one, Pence fans. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.